<clears throat> this is May 23rd, 1978, an interview with Emily Van Schoik, S-C-H-O-I-C-K, who is the aunt of Henry Holmes Smith, uh, interview conducted by Jim McQuaid and Howard Bosson. When you hear how old I am, well, you may want to go. Oh, listen, no, I don't talk to anybody who's under 60. Oh, honey, I'm so far from 60. <laughs> I'm so far up from 60, you wouldn't guess. Well, let's see, are you, are you older than 84? Over, what? Are you older than 84? I'm going to be 83 next week. Oh, well, you're young then. I just interviewed a man in, in New York who's 84, and he lives in New York City. That's got to count for 10 years right there. <laughs> Who's right? Well, you know. What's the magic number in '84? Well, I was just saying that's the that's the oldest person I've interviewed. Oh, <laughs> well, then I'm the next oldest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a photographer who lives. What in are you going to do with these? Oh, you're making a brochure of something. No, what I'm doing is this. Uh, I'm working at the George Eastman House, you know, yeah. which is the Museum of Photography, oh, yeah. and um, I am just at the very end of a special project to do interviews with important photographers or important people in photography to do an oral history uh -huh. project, really. Um, so that the tapes and then the transcripts that are made from some of the bigger tapes uh, can be used for historical research. Oh, yes. And well, Howard you were lucky is, to get Henry because he had already worked up there. Yeah, Henry yeah. is uh, one of the people I really wanted to get because I think his work is very interesting and he's an interesting character. And um, Did you get Paul? I spoke with Paul. Howard yeah. now is a... Yeah. Paul, Paul's my boy. Oh, yeah? Uh -huh. He's uh, he's gentle and uh, understanding, and he doesn't fly off the handle the way Henry and I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Henry and I are very much alike. We get when he was little, we used to start downtown together. He liked to be with me, and uh, I don't know what would happen, but all of a sudden he'd be on one side of the street and I'd be on the other. Mm -hmm. But we always got together when we got downtown. He knew I had the money to buy the ice cream soda. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, the, um, uh, I'll shut this off. You know, I told you, I taped, I taped the entire opera, The Siege of Corinth, and I had never heard it. And it sounds grim, but it has the most beautiful music, and I had never heard it. Yeah. And I just, I, it fills a whole tape on once, these are 90-minute tapes. Is this mostly opera? And uh, opera and orchestra. Uh -huh. I'll tell you what I did. I had a, a bunch of old 78s that were in good condition. Oh, wow. And I taped all those, and I gave those away. And uh, to get rid of them, because they're so heavy, the yeah. old ones. And they're and, fragile, too, yeah. Well, they're heavy. Yeah. They're, they're those thick ones. Yeah, right, I know. And uh, so I taped all of those. And uh, my index on the, uh, on the tapes, uh, somebody borrowed. Oh, has, God. <laughs> has returned it yet, but you don't want the you don't want it anyway. Well, listen. Um, you said you were eighty-three, so you were born what year then? What year? Were you born? Eighteen ninety-four. Eighteen ninety-four, and you were born in Bloomington. Uh huh. So, um, tell me something about uh, who you're. Just because I'm interested in you too, you know. Tell me something about your mother and father, um, and just the, your your family. Give me some background. Well, uh, my bit. mother. My mother was a Wolcott, W-O-L-C-O-T-T, and they were a gentle family, and uh, well, they were educated, they were literate, and uh, 
my father's family was uh, very bossy, <laughs> and uh, I don't know how much education they had. I know that they caused my mother a lot of difficulty because uh, uh, she came from a large family, and there were good and bad in the family, and sure. and uh, my father's family, and my father would go over to see them and come back and delay my mother, <laughs> and then he'd get over it, but they just kept at us all the time. That's they had, I had two uncles mm -hmm. who started a brickyard in Bloomington right after the uh, Civil War, mm -hmm. and they made money because uh, they put the first paved streets in Bloomington, uh. made the brick for the first paved streets, and uh, and they had money, and they lived in brick houses, and we just had a frame house, and we had more kids. Mm -hmm. We had, there were six, there were four lived, mm -hmm. and uh, two boys died. So you, so you had uh, you had three brothers and sisters, or one sister and two brothers and two brothers who lived, and my brother, my older brother died. Oh, I don't know, probably ten years, ten yeah. twelve years ago. He lived in Bloomington, and his niece, his daughter, my niece is coming Friday hmm. from Chicago for a visit, mm -hmm. and her son lives down in Fort Lauderdale. He works ah. for Motorola Company, and they have just adopted twins. Oh, really? And she's going down and help take care of the twins while the, his wife teaches. And uh, she's finishing up the school year, and Alice is going down to take care of the twins. So it's a lively uh, family group that you're still, they're still coming to see you, and you're, you were down in Florida recently, and so you're, you're still... Uh, oh, I, I haven't been down in Florida for a year. The first yeah. time I ever went down, as a matter of fact. Oh. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, they have a nice house there. I'd hate, I'd hate to be a sightseer in Florida. Okay. Oh, yeah. When we got down there, uh, my niece's daughter and her four children were there, and they couldn't take care of all of them, so we stayed over at the motel. And we got the feeling of how, I mean, my niece and I, until they left. They are now in Hong Kong. Dick works for a Caterpillar Company in Peoria. Oh, yeah. And uh, they and the four kids are over there for... They're coming back this summer for three weeks, and they'll go back again for three years, and Dick may, probably will be stationed permanently over there. They yeah, my, over there. my father was overseas with Ford Motor Company. Oh, really? He was in Africa, in South Africa. Oh, really? Yeah, so I, I have... My, my parents were in Hong Kong. I never How old got were there. you when he was there? I was in college oh, at the time. You no. weren't this little. No, I was, so I got to see something of it when I went over mm -hmm. there. It was interesting. Well, let me ask this. What, so what was your father's occupation then? Um, he was a salesman. A salesman? Uh, he was the first, there was a meat packing company in Chicago uh -huh. and sold bacon and hams and they sold the best ones. Uh, there was no competition, they were, they were good. And uh, I don't know how he met them, but they asked him if he would go on the road. And so when I was born, I was born in 1894, he was never home. I never knew him because he was never home. But one half day every two weeks. Oh dear! <laughs> and I had to be good when Papa came home. Yeah, right. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, well, did he, he travel did. around visiting different butchers and shops to uh, markets and so on? To no, he just he just traveled in Southern Illinois, uh -huh. and uh, he could make it home every two weeks. If he had moved to Decatur mm -hmm. or a little bit farther south, he could have been home nights and every weekend. Oh yeah. But he didn't want to change our schools and. There were four of us, and he didn't want to change the schools. And so now Wesley was there, and and uh, Illinois State Normal, two two good schools. Yeah, right. It's a it's a the town benefits from having the schools there, I guess, and uh, yeah, uh, education. Just even not even at the college level, uh, but in general. I went to Wesleyan, but uh, my niece went to 
Illinois State Neural Woman learned how to teach. I taught for a year in the country and I didn't know anything about teaching. I didn't know anything. I taught grades one, three, five, six. Well, when, now, when were you at uh, Wesleyan? Well, what, what year did you graduate from Wesleyan? 1917. 1917. And was your degree in education or? Just got a degree, just a BA. Uh -huh. Just general studies, uh, yeah, arts and sciences yeah. type of a thing? Or? I got my first uh, uh, every man at the old English place. I had the, I had a rather illiterate English teacher, <laughs> but he, he uh, got me on the good things. I have to give him the, the some of the people in the class didn't like him at all. Uh -huh. But uh, that was it. Well, did you have some kind of interest yourself in in the arts or anything like that at this point in time? Um, no, just in literature. In literature. Uh huh. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not artistic. I'm not. Uh, I have no skills in uh, uh -huh. painting or drawing or anything like that. As a matter of fact, I'm not even interested in trying it. Were you? Were you? So, were you interested in in journalism or in writing? Being a writer yourself uh, at one point, or being a writer and uh, being an editor. I edited the uh, American Ceramic Society publications right. for twenty six years, yeah. and uh, I just love to take a raw manuscript and. Uh, uh, Editing a, for a technical uh, publication is completely different from other editing. And I found people, uh, young men, who objected to some of my changes. Mm -hmm. Their wives were school teachers, and they told them that was right. All right. <laughs> and I said, finally, there was one, uh, one paper I got was full of dashes. Uh -huh. And I said, Ray, that's not good writing. I said, finish something once in a while. And he said, my wife went over that carefully. And I said, now, let's not talk about your wife. Let's talk about writing. Yeah. And he said, will you let me have just one little dash? <laughs> <laughs> I said, all right, you have one dash. I uh -huh. said, it's very poor. You've reached the end. You don't know what to say, and you put a dash. Yeah, really? <laughs> well, so... But I never had a job that I had any preparation for. I was never trained. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to the American Ceramics Society. The printers... The uh, proof room and the printers at uh, Mac Printing Company in Easton, Pennsylvania, really trained me mm. for indexes and things like that. And I made, I love to make indexes. Mm -hmm. And I made all the indexes for the American Ceramic Society from 1923. And I left in 1947. And the reason I left was because I had, had, not, I had not had a raise since 1935. Jeez. And they were getting raw graduate journalism students in. They didn't know beads about editing yeah. or, or working on technical papers. Mm -hmm. And they were getting twice as much as I was. Oh, that's terrible. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I just walked out and we got this job here. Got a job here as a librarian. I'm not a librarian. Yeah. But I, I knew the books. I knew the mm -hmm. literature. Right, well, that's really... And they gave work. me plenty of money, and we've, we've got the best ceramic library in the country. I'm sure, yeah. Of course, Alfred is very well known for ceramics. Yeah, well, it's, it's a good library. I can tell that from our interlibrary loan. Everybody's and, always asking for things, and you're not uh, asking for other things so much, is what you're saying? Well, I, I, see, I, I never go over there. Yeah. After I leave a job, I don't hang over. <laughs> Rob Murray is a librarian now, and we're very good friends. Murray? Do you know Murray? Is that the name? M Murray. M-U-R-R-A-Y? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I tried to get him this morning. I wanted him to come over and meet you. But his little girl was operated on yesterday. Yeah. And uh, I don't know whether Rob... And he, had to, he took her to the hospital. 
I don't know whether they operate on her or not, but anyway, they, he had to take her to the doctor yesterday afternoon. And I called this morning to find out how she was, and I couldn't get the line, so I haven't any information about him. If you want to drive, if you want to drive past and see the library, why, now they have a whole building, you know. Mm -hmm. So when, when did you leave Alfred? When did you uh, retire from, from your job? When did I what? When did you leave the job at Alfred then? Uh, you mean at the library? Yeah. In uh, 40, in 50, 50 something? 50, 59. 59? I think that's right. Yeah. Oh, it's close enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. That'd be uh, 69. That'd be going on 20 years. Yeah. 20 years ago. And you've just stayed in the town ever since, though? Well, I had a job. Mm -hmm. I, I was, uh, well, I never got paid for making the indexes, but I would have stayed here anyway. It's a very nice, very pleasant part of the country. I, I like it here. I have good friends here. And I hated Columbus, Ohio. I lived there 26 years. Yeah, Howard lives I in Columbus. Lived in Columbus right and now. I never <laughs> felt I never felt at home. And I never came into Columbus. When I'd been away, I'd go out to Illinois and visit my family, or I'd go on a trip to the printer. And I'd always have a sinking feeling when I got in that state, when they had trains in. Yeah. <laughs> when well, I, got I, in I can relate to that. I've been living in Columbus for three years now, and um, I, I don't like it. I never have liked well, it. The, the, the climate is terrible, the first place. It's hot and sticky, and uh, but the people are very smug there. My brother said to me when he thought I was going there, he said, uh, it's very ingrown. He said, mm -hmm. uh, they may accept you, and they may not, and they didn't accept me. Uh, Even they, after 26 years, huh? The, the townspeople. Yeah. No, they all looked at me. I go over. I belong to the faculty club. I, uh -huh. I don't know how I got in. I think <laughs> Ross Purdy. I worked with him for a long while. He was editor of the. He ran the American Ceramic Society, and uh, we used to go over for lunch, and I was always treated like an <laughs> like an alien at uh -huh. the faculty club because I didn't have a, I didn't have a master's or a PhD degree. And I wasn't teaching, was and nobody. Why was I there? Yeah. Was there a relationship between? And they the were Americans? all stupid. <laughs> was there a relationship between the American Ceramic Society and the university? What? Was there a direct relationship between? No, the American no, Ceramic except Society? that uh, Ross Purdy happened to be in Columbus when he uh, organized. Well, the society was organized by a group of men back in 1899, mm -hmm. and uh, there was a. A publication called the Transactions, and that was a yearly. They gathered the papers together after mm -hmm. the papers were presented. But the, the way it started, uh, group uh, they were manufacturers and producers of ceramics, and uh, they started. Some of the men started to say, uh, "Well, how did we do that? What did we put in that mix? How did that come out that way?" Right. And so they got together and they called themselves Section Q, and. Uh, that was the formation of the American Ceramic Society. <laughs> Section Q. Section Q. I don't that's, know why they call it that Section Q. That sounds like a, a long story to find out that. <laughs> I, think I'm the, I think I'm the only one living now that ever heard of Section Q. They just got a new secretary there. They, uh, Frank Reed, who was secretary, they just had a meeting in Detroit. Hmm. And uh, Frank Reed isn't very well and he quit. And they've got a, an Alfred boy who is temporarily has the appointment temporarily, but uh, there'll be a quite a wrestle when it comes to appointing a secretary. Yeah, right. Well, let me ask you this then. You're, so it's your sister who is Henry's mother, is that? Yeah, that's right. Uh, um, she was 14 years older than I. And, uh, oh, 14 years. Was she the oldest child? 
What? Was she the oldest child? No, my brother. I had a brother two years older, Howard. Uh -huh. He's my niece in Chicago. He's her father. And there's uh -huh. two boys, one in the, in the Texas and Kenneth is in Peoria. Uh, Kenneth is in Seattle. Now, is Kenneth the youngest? No, Kenneth is older. Alice is the oldest. Alice, Alice Van Skoik. Uh, she married a Frenchman, Emile. I can't think of her last name. I'll think. Uh, she married a she married a Frenchman, and they had two children: Mimi, who was in Hong Kong, and Pete, mm -hmm. Pierre, who's down in Florida. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I say, she was the oldest, and uh, she was the oldest girl. Howard is the oldest, and he had two boys. No, wait, I'm gonna, what, what is You don't Henry, want all that. Yeah, well, no, what is, what is, uh, I've forgotten Henry's mother's name. Edna? Well, her name was Edna, but Edna. I was little, and I called her Nan. I wasn't little, I was big, but I was young, uh -huh. and I couldn't say Edna, and I called her Nan, because I liked bananas, and I, uh -huh. <laughs> uh, that yeah, was right. a relation there. And uh, everybody liked it, and even her grandchildren called her Nan. It just, it was a nickname that stuck, uh -huh. and she became Nan Smith. And, uh, uh -huh. She'd sign herself Nan. It just became the name she went by, huh? She, uh, she was uh, smaller. She was built like the Wolcott family and not aggressive. Did you know Henry's father very well then? Uh, oh at yeah. At the time. Uh huh. Before you left. Uh, Did he talk about his father much? Uh, not too much. Some. His father was. Uh, he carted my sister from the time I was six years old, and they carted ten years. 10 or 12 years before they were married. Mm. So I wasn't too young. I was about 12 or 13 when they were married. And I was 16 when Henry was born. Uh-huh. Okay, so... And uh, Paul, they were, both the boys were born in Bloomington, Paul and Henry. And what, Paul is a couple years younger? Paul's name, yeah. Uh -huh. He's named for his father. Uh -huh. And my grandfather's name, Lawrence, L-A-U-R-E-N-S. And Henry is Henry for his grandfather Smith and Holmes for our family. We had a Hannah Holmes in the family one time, a long time ago, and uh, uh, Holmes was my father's, his name was Samuel Holmes, uh -huh. and Holmes has been in the family name, so they, and he, and Henry is Henry Holmes. That's why he got the Holmes. Mm -hmm. I see, so, so, um, well, I would like to go back on Henry very much, because those were, those were grim years. One time we were having an argument, uh -huh. and it wasn't pleasant. And all of a sudden he stopped right in the middle of it and he said, what right have you to be temperamental? You're not an artist. And I just walked out. I just... <laughs> <laughs> was this in Columbus? What? Was that in Columbus? You, you would have had that? Well, it was in front of me. There was nobody else there. Mm -hmm. No. But uh, one night Henry came home with uh, one Saturday night in August. This is a, when you when he was living with you in Columbus. When he was living with me in Columbus, uh -huh. and he came home and he had a bushel of overripe tomatoes. Uh -huh. And I'm no cook and I'm no housekeeper, and I do it, I do it, pretty badly. <laughs> well, at and I love tomatoes, but at 10:30 at night to have anybody walk in with two, two uh, in two baskets, a bushel. Overripe tomatoes. I I have no idea what we did with them. I know I didn't can them because I didn't have cans, mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to can them anyway. So, I think we just ate what we couldn't throw out the rest. <laughs> uh, so you you graduated from Wesleyan. 
you taught for one year. Yeah. And then what did you do? You had about, it was about six more years before you got to Columbus. What did you do? I, uh, uh, I worked on newspaper. I became a... Did you work for the Panagraph? Uh, I worked for the Bloomington Bulletin. It's dead now. Oh, uh, that was the competition? Yeah. Uh -huh. It was a Democratic paper, and that was funny. Our family was Republican, and uh, but Jimmy O'Donnell... Uh, knew my cousin, and he knew my father. He didn't know. He didn't know as well. He was the publisher, or editor. And, uh, he was a Democrat, mm -hmm. and uh, our whole family were Republican, and uh, so I went down. I made an application, and just at the time, it was during the war, and the editor, the editor left to start a bakery, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Clarkson Falk was the. Uh, city editor, uh -huh. the card editor, and uh, and he came in as editor, and he didn't like me, because I didn't know the difference between a boy baby and a baby boy. <laughs> I still don't know. One was right and one was wrong. Uh -huh. well, I, wrote it, I always wrote it wrong. And uh, that was, can you tell the difference between a baby boy and a boy baby? <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, uh, I won't try. And then I say, I stayed, uh, I went in June, and I stayed two years, and I went to Chicago to see my fortune. What did you, what did you find in Chicago? And I worked at the University of Chicago Press. Oh, you did? And, uh, yeah, uh-huh. And uh, I had a friend, the only time I ever got a job through a pull, I had a friend who was a close friend to the superintendent of the press who was a woman. And uh, <clears throat> she took me on, and she put me out in the in the mechanics room, you know, where they set tight and everything. And if you see, I don't know anything about it, I can't call it what it was. Uh, she uh, put me out measuring up paper for the journals, for the various journals that they put out. Well, I can't add two and two. <laughs> I, mathematics was like that. All the time I was in school, when it come to arithmetic, they would say, passed on, uh, Passed on trial and permitted to try. I'd be 6B. Passed on trial but permitted to try 6A. And 6A, passed on trial but <laughs> permitted to try 7B. Yeah. And you know, if they put me back and, and made me learn, but they never did. They always passed on trial and permitted to try, so I never learned it. <laughs> so did you, did you have any luck measuring paper? Or I were... Well, I don't know what happened. I didn't stay very long out there. I, uh, they put a, they got a new manager out there at the press. And he was going to put things on a business basis, and he was going to have a time clock. And uh, I just quit. It was we had 42 minutes for lunch. It was a, it was a sweatshop. We came at eight. We worked. We rang a we had to ring a time thing. And uh, if we were five minutes late, then we were six units late. And it was, the day was divided up into six units, and we had to keep a time sheet. And 11.24 was lunchtime. We had six minutes from 10 to 10, six recreation. Six and minutes. This was yeah. University of Chicago. And uh, then at six minutes to 12 was wash up, which we put a number down, and that said wash up. And then we had 42 minutes to get lunch. And we're in Chicago, can you get lunch for 42 minutes? I used to bring a sandwich and yeah, right. read during the time. but. Uh, what time did you quit then, in the afternoon? 5.30. 5.30? 5.30, 5.24. 
524 was, <laughs> was wash-up. <laughs> we had wash-up and we had recreation from 3 to 3, 6. <laughs> Jeez. And you know, one day, the um, head of the proof room was uh, a woman and I roomed at their house. Her name was Zimmerman. And uh, I, it was awfully hard to hold me down, you know. And she went out of the room and I said, let's sing. <laughs> and some girl who had been to church the day before, she said, do you know Beulah Land? And I said, I know some of the words. So we were just going to old Beulah Land, sweet Beulah Land. And Zimmerman walked in. But I don't know, I, she wanted to fire us, but she didn't fire us. I, I don't think I ever got fired in the job. Uh -huh. But... Uh, yeah. I could have been. <laughs> so did you stay in Chicago, though, for uh, before you went to Columbus, or did you go back to... I got the job in, in Chicago. I uh, I quit, and I went home. And, uh, oh, that, uh, that University of Chicago is a, a rat race there, anyway. And I went home, and I uh, my sister belonged to the country club at home, and we played golf for three weeks. And Dr. Washburn, who... Now, wait, you say, when you say your sister, do you mean Henry's mother? Henry's mother. Yeah. Uh -huh. And... Uh, the only time she ever played golf, and I had I played golf a little bit in Columbus, but not much. Uh, you have to have a lot of freedom, a lot of free time to play golf. Yes. And can't do it when you go out once a week or something like that. But uh, then, the, where was I? We, uh, oh, Dr. Washburn from the University of Illinois. He was head of the uh, ceramic department there. Uh -huh. He called me and uh, asked me if I'd come over for an interview. I was at 48 miles when I was in Bloomington, right. 48 miles from Urbana. And so I went over, and the first thing, he looked at my name, Vance Goyk, and he said, can you speak Dutch? <laughs> and I said, not for 300 years. <laughs> not for 300 years. <laughs> and that kind of put him over. You know, he was a very <laughs> austere man. He was he was learned. He was, uh, Ross Purdy was a rough, ready-go uh, person. But uh, Washburn was very quiet and uh, sedate. Mm -hmm. And one night, I used to have to go over to his house and read proof with him. I'd read the proof, and he'd, he'd follow the copy. Now, this is in Urbana? What? This is in Urbana? In Urbana. Uh -huh. And uh, it was slippery out. And he took me out to the car, and all of a sudden he disappeared. And his foot, <laughs> his foot slipped because he disappeared out of the car. And you know, a dignified, a dignified PhD with this uh, uh, austere, and to see him try, <laughs> try to get out of it. I don't know. Crawl out from under the car. Yeah. I finally pulled on his coat, <laughs> and got him up. <laughs> but he, uh, when I left, uh, when I left, Ross Purdy, there was a ceramic society meeting in St. Louis, and Ross Purdy came up, and at the meeting, he'd been made general secretary and editor, and he <clears throat> came up to Urbana to see if I would go over to Columbus and work with him. So and what were you editing in Urbana? Were you working for the art department or the ceramics department no, at I was the university? No, uh, I was working for Washburn. Uh -huh. Washburn, uh, he was head of the ceramic department. <clears throat> how, did, how did Washburn know of you when you, you know, Oh, how he? Well, he was made. I don't know how he got to be editor, but he got to be editor. He was he was only editor for about two months, and he hired me. And then Ross Purdy came to St. Louis, and wanted to know if I'd come over to Columbus and work with him. And my brother knew him, and he knew he Ross was fiery, and he knew I wasn't too calm. And so my brother said, "I give you six weeks to get along with Ross," and we worked together for 26 years. 
and we would have scenes. When I got mad, I'd get mad and go out and bang the door and take a walk. And the girls in the office would say, are you coming back? And I'd say, I don't know, I doubt it. And in about an hour, I'd come back and go to my desk, sit down and work as if nothing had happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like you were quite, uh, you had a, uh, were high-spirited, I think is what they might have said. Well, uh, I like my work. At, uh, I like my work. I would have worked, uh, I would have put up with Ross or put up with anybody if they just let me do my work. Uh, I've got to find a tissue of some kind. Oh, here, you want uh, there? No, uh -uh. I, I've got a whole box of them. Oh, okay. <coughs> So Henry graduated high school in 27. Now this, these uh, bulletins are what's this? Are part of the Society of Publications. Uh huh. And the, the journal had more technical papers. The bulletin is sort of a news magazine. And uh, mm hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Um, did you find a cushion? Do you, do you need a cushion? Uh, no, I don't need oh, oh, oh. a tissue. A tissue. Okay. okay, I'm a tissue to blow my nose. I'm. Uh, I'll be okay. <laughs> um, I care if I have a cigarette. No, go ahead. No. Fine with me. <laughs> you go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. Um, you know, you want to see something. You think I'm gonna break the household? What's you go ahead. I'll listen. You see. This, oh. I can have things down in here, uh -huh. and then you might as well see the whole thing. <laughs> and then this room is too small. Uh -huh. Then you can open this up. Great big table. No, wait, that's wrong. Uh -huh. That's wrong. The other way. Uh -huh. Oh, I see, I see, yeah. Then around like that, see? That's a great, that's a great table. And then you can have it there. Oh, I forgot. And see this along here is where it has sweat. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then harm the right. It's a beautiful finish. See, that's a great design. Now if you fold it up. Yeah, that's a great design. Now that demonstration is over. Yes, okay, can you get it there? <laughs> oh, oh. You didn't count that on your time, did you? <laughs> oh, listen, I'll learn anything I can learn one way or the other, you know? <laughs> Listen, what I wanted to ask you about was Henry's uh, Henry's early uh, artwork and photography when he was in high school. Before you left, uh, maybe before just before you were in Columbus, were you aware of Henry's interests or, you know, what what do you recall of Henry's early uh, drawing, for example? Uh, Henry was always sketching, but I don't remember him drawing anything. I ha I haven't saved anything of his from those early years. Mm -hmm. I told you that just three weeks ago. I uh, gathered all this stuff together that I had mm -hmm. and uh, mailed it off. What, out to Nevada? He was trying to, I haven't heard a word, I paid three dollars postage. Mm -hmm. I mailed it first class. Yeah. That, that's in your way, isn't it? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put this uh, where it can hear you better than it can hear me. Oh, you don't want that. Yeah, that'll be fine, just like that. Oh, you're not gonna do this. Huh? Oh, no, <laughs> pardon me. <laughs> Shall I not put that on the table? Or, uh... I don't want you to use that. Well, should I just... Well, here, let me just... Oh, go ahead. I mean, go ahead. Uh, I'll be... I'll be compliant. <laughs> no. The, uh... Well, what I was just saying is... How, um... What I'm really interested in is how... 
Henry, uh, when Henry was doing all this drawing and starting to become interested in these things, what his family thought of that or how? Well, I don't know what they thought of it. I know that his father, his father didn't think that he was going to bump anything. Yeah. And uh, Paul and I, uh, Paul and I didn't get along very well. Uh, his Paul's, father, Paul Senior. Uh -huh. He, uh, he thought I was. Uh, well, I got out of school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. They don't train you to do anything at West Wayne. They don't train you to teach mm -hmm. or you have no skills and you just have to flounder around to find out what you can do. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, he finally, he was, uh, uh, Henry's father sold uh, uh, school textbooks and he visited different schools. And he finally said, uh, he didn't think much of my education and background, and but he said, I can get you a job if worse comes to worse. <laughs> but I, uh, I got my own job. So they didn't think too much of Henry's uh, interest in the arts or in drawing and that no, kind of thing? No, and they gave up on Henry. That's when Henry came to live with me. Uh, Henry was difficult. Henry was difficult with me. But he and I could get along. And I was thinking last night, Henry and I had some delightful times together. Uh, we had a cook stove in the kitchen, and the family used to come to our house, my brother and his family, and mm -hmm. uh, three children, and we'd go out in the kitchen and shut the door, and I'd read and he'd sketch. Mm -hmm. And I never saved any of those things. I don't know, I wish I had. And uh, I know one of the books that we had was Lord Dunsany's Tales. What is that? Dunsany, Lord Dunsany, uh -huh. and it's just called Tales of Lord Dunsany, and uh, I just got to think about that the other day. That was delightful, and I don't know one thing that it was about. It was mm -hmm. uh, sort of stories of uh, Welsher, Old English yeah. times, mm -hmm. and uh, but Henry and I, uh, as I say, we we'd have difficulty, and we always got together again. And then, I don't know, I haven't seen much of him. When we got to, we, uh, I was in the, at the nursing home visiting my sister. And I was to go, I was to visit them. In Bloomington? Henry and Wanda Lee. Yeah. And they were going to meet me in Indianapolis. And the nursing home, I had to get a, a train or a bus about 5 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I hadn't had any coffee. And, uh, Henry, we went to a little sort of a three-cornered place, mm -hmm. and uh, some of us were actually on the floor. It was we went right at noon, and it was a crowded place. And uh, I just started eating. All of a sudden, Henry said, uh, "Let's get out of here. I hate this place." And I said, "Henry, I haven't had anything to eat, and I'm going to eat my lunch. You can go if you want to." But Wanda Lee never talked to him like that, and she stared at me. <laughs> and I said, well, uh, what's the matter with the place? Well, it seemed that he'd read in the paper that the night before, uh, derelict had been found, and they took him to the hospital, and the hospital refused to take him in because he didn't have any money. Mm -hmm. And so he hated Indianapolis and didn't want me to have my lunch there because he's <laughs> <laughs> as logical as he is. Yeah, well, there's some kind <laughs> of logic there, but it's different. Well, it was too bad about the man, but I wanted my lunch. <laughs> but Henry, uh, they've been nice to me when I visited over there. I went over there one time, and Wanda Lee had bought the tickets for the summer opera. And uh, 
I had just had this trouble with this ear. Uh -huh. And I said, Wanda Lee, I can't, uh, I'll have to take a shawl and put it around my head. Those nights are damp and uh, awfully cool, even if it is hot. And uh, so she gave the tickets to somebody else. She paid five dollars a piece. <laughs> I never paid her. Well, when, when Henry came to live with you in Columbus, he, uh, he was saying that it was originally a misunderstanding that, that you thought he was just coming for a short visit, and he thought you invited him to come and live with you, and uh, that that was a misunderstanding. It took a little while to figure out. Is that how you recall? Well, I, uh, I didn't know he was going to stay. I finally, after a year or two years, I finally said that, oh, he was difficult because he'd prowl around all the night, night, and I had to sleep and get up and be at work at 8 o'clock in the morning. And it was it was uh, it was hard it was hard work, and uh, Henry, uh, I finally said you got to get a job, or you can't stay here. I didn't say it that way because I, I was mealy mouthed toward him, uh -huh. but uh, the implication was. And my sister just thought that uh, when I when he was working, then he worked for Osprey in my office uh -huh. in our office, and I'd take a paper bag. Uh, give it to him and I'd be loaded down with work and ask him if he'd get that ready for the printer. Now he knew the he knew all it was to read it and, and make some corrections and indicate the type and he knew it. And he would sit and draw pictures mm -hmm. and send them home to my sister. And she thought that was so cute. Yeah right. And I came home and I was worn out and and when she showed me these pictures and I just walked out, I didn't say anything. Didn't do any good to talk to the family, so I didn't say anything. That was yeah, well, Henry was kind of in a in a difficult time himself. He was trying to figure out what to do, and he he I guess well, it was his third school to graduate from finally. Uh, Henry had no business. Uh, we had no business working. It was a mistake to put us in the same office. Well, he went home for Fourth of July. Did he talk to you about Ralph Ernst? Mention the name. A little friend bit. of his that he was in photography with, and Ralph was six feet four inches tall, <laughs> and blonde, and. Uh, he was smart in photography. He didn't know anything else, but he and he didn't. He lived in a, a room, an attic room, and he used to come over to my house and take a bath in my bathroom mm -hmm. while I was at work because he didn't have a place to take a bath. You have to take a bath in Columbus. But uh, <laughs> Ralph, Ralph, uh, Ralph and Henry bought a little house. My sister bought a for two-room house, and uh, it had no basement floor. And the floor was so cold that stuff would freeze on the floor, and they had a wood-burning stove, and uh, it'd be so hot they couldn't stand in the room. It was a bad place. So those kids came over every night to my apartment, and I got dinner. Me, I hate to cook, but I don't know, we got something, and messed up something. They never complained. They were just hungry. But uh, Henry, uh, Henry wrote to me that he, uh, probably owed me over $300 for things that I had done. But forget it. What would I do? I'm 83. What would I do for, I'm almost 83. Uh, what would I do with $300? Buy some I, more tapes, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean... Uh, <laughs> probably closer to $3,000 if you had paid back today. I mean, from yeah, then. Yeah, that's right. You that's know, right. Or more. Mm -hmm. Now, these tapes were about the... Three dollars a piece. Yeah, well, you can get a hundred tapes. <laughs> yeah. um, but I like the way I have them, and as I say, I have a catalog on them. It isn't cross. Now, I'd like to cross reference. I love to make indexes, and I'd like to cross reference it. But my eyes aren't very good. 
And so right. I, uh, I'm not going to try that. Are yeah. you writing? No, I just have some notes. reading. I'm reading. You poor thing, you. <laughs> oh, it's still, it's still, it still isn't twelve. Oh, it's early. There's no magic number about twelve. <laughs> we don't want to go down to eat any place at twelve. Okay. You're too busy. Yeah. We can go after them. After if you can wait till, if you can wait till one, they begin to clear out. They're uh, office workers on the at the on, their on break. The campus. Yeah. And uh, of course, I think summer school's in session now too. Could be. Yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe you wanted to know more about Ralph Ernst? Yeah. Um, I also want Henry and, and Ralph had set up some sort well, of see, photography yeah, Ralph came from Bloomington. They knew another in high school. Uh -huh. Or they knew another. Uh, Ralph, Ralph's sister, uh, her father had an electric store, sold electric fixtures and things like that down on North Main Street in Bloomington. And, uh, I don't know whether that was the way Henry got acquainted. I think Edith Ernst was her name. Uh, I never did know the connection there. Mm. But Henry knew him from Bloomington anyway. Uh, knew Ralph from Bloomington. They, uh, I know, uh, then Henry, did he tell you about working for this photographic firm in Cincinnati? Yeah, the, the, the and, uh, magazine. I know magazine. One, one day, I was home visiting, and uh, it was 110 on the street in Bloomington and uh, he wasn't going to come home for lunch, he was busy. And I took him lunch, walked down, I love hot weather <laughs> and I just, I sort of relax and I just feel good. And about six blocks and I walked up, took his lunch down for him. But uh, I don't know, I don't know how Henry and uh, well, the boys, as I say, they'd come over every night for dinner because it was so cold in the house they, where they lived. And and Henry was still working for the American Ceramic Society at, at, at this uh, time. He, well, no, he and Ralph were in photography together. He wasn't. He wasn't. Didn't he was, have any real paying job. Just what they could. What they could sell. Did they? Did they do anything that you recall? Did they sell anything? Did they have any luck? Uh, do you recall? I don't anything? know. I don't know. Nothing much, huh? No, nothing much. He didn't. He didn't make a name for himself in photography there. Do you, do you remember something um, called the Design Research Laboratory? About what? The Design Research Laboratory. There, uh, in, I came across a letterhead that has Henry's name on it, having some sort of affiliation with the Design Research Laboratory that listed the... Uh, Henry was always designing uh, stationery for himself. <laughs> so I, and the address was Hudson the address, the address was 902, 902 East Hudson, which... Uh, uh, according to the city directory, was the the address of his house uh, that he was living in at the time. So I assumed it was some sort of uh, you know business that he had set up. Did he tell you he used to do uh, carving, wood carving? He mentioned it. We never really got to discuss that too much. As I gave. I don't even have a picture of the masks. Paul showed me a couple. He did some masks in walnut. They were beautiful, and I don't. See, I'm getting so old, I want to get rid of these things to the people that, uh, mm -hmm. that will keep them and like them. And But one of the things that he made was uh, he had a piece of, I guess it was pine, it was blonde wood. Mm -hmm. And he carved a clown, clown's head with a ruffled thing around here and it came down about here. Like a bust uh, sort of. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, when I loved that. It was the only thing of his that I really wanted to keep. It stood about this high. About two, three feet high? Uh, 
Yeah, that isn't three feet, is it? Not quite. Two and a half. Yeah, anyway. About two and a half. Around there, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, one day he got, I don't know what happened. Uh, we had a, we had an apartment that had a front porch, mm -hmm. uh, upper front porch. And uh, he could work out there and make all the messy ones. As a matter of fact, uh, we couldn't put rugs down in the living room because uh, we had to have the floor he, so he could sweep up the whittlings. I, I didn't do that. He he did that, and he was he was good about it. But the, he uh, oh I don't know. It was and the rest of it isn't uh, isn't of consequence. I know one Saturday, I I had to work until one, and working with Ross Ross Purdy, Ross was temperamental, and then coming home to Henry, <laughs> and Henry, Henry asked me to make an appointment with Ross after I got through work. Mm -hmm. And so I said to Ross, Henry wants to come over and see you. And he said, all right, tell him to come ahead. And I telephoned him. And uh, when he got in, he came in the door and he looked at Ross and he looked at me and he turned around and walked out. And then he blamed me for not getting him that appointment with Ross. Well, Ross didn't put down the red carpet and say, Henry, flowers and all that, you know, yeah. come on in. But mm -hmm. uh, you never could tell when he was going to. Yeah. And he could be so charming. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, did you have much contact with Henry when he was in Chicago at the uh, new bar house? Did he, did no, he ever write you about that? Only or? when he came to Bloomington, uh, when I'd be home. Uh, and then he read in the paper. He always uh, he had pretty good photographic equipment, and uh, he uh, that was funny about the Bauhaus. What was that man's name he worked with? Uh, the German. Mahoney? No. You mean the guy in Marshall Fields? Yeah. Lawrence Guttoff or something like that? Yeah. Well, he read in the paper. Oh, he went to hear a talk. Uh huh. Did he tell you he went to hear a talk of Mahoney? Mahoney Nagy. Right. I guess that's what you pronounce that. And he came home, and he was just so entranced with Maholi Nagy, it's all he could talk about. He was living with me then. In Columbus? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, uh, not when he heard the talk, but this hung over. Right. And uh, he bought Maholi Nagy books, and I think he met her. Uh, Maholi Nagy died. About that time. Well, now Maholi didn't die until 46. 46 is when he died. But Henry, Henry met him in 30, 37. 37. Okay, I didn't know if it was that long. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Henry uh, said that he first, uh, I guess, first found Maholi's books or read his books in 1932. Uh -huh. When he was in Columbus. Did Paul, in Columbus. Did Paul know these things about Henry? I don't know. No, Paul. Paul. Uh, wasn't too much help in, in this period. Of, uh -huh. you know, as a matter of fact, uh, Paul, he, he Paul suggested... Wasn't he wasn't with him as much as, uh, as I was. Because Paul, when he got... He went to Penn State and got his doctorate in ceramics and got a job at the Bureau of Standards. In ceramics? Yeah. Did you say? Paul, yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And then, while uh, he was changed over to physics, I don't know if before or after he got his degree. Mm -hmm. He changed over to physics and uh, hmm. he got out of ceramics. Uh, Ross was going to get him a job down in Dayton with some grinding wheel company. 
Bracey Company. Right, yeah. And then I said, Henry, don't you don't you and Ross mix together. I said, don't take a job with Ross. I said, it's bad enough for me to have a job with Ross. And not to, but, but I wasn't going to let him. I, I was going to quit several times. And I thought, I'm not going to let Henry drive me out of a job that I like mm -hmm. and that I'd worked in so long. And I'd really given a lot to the society. And uh, so I stayed on. Oh, Henry went home for Fourth of July. He and Ralph. Mm -hmm. And uh, on Tuesday morning, Ross came in and he said, uh, I hope Henry gets back on time because he left. He said, work starts here at, on Tuesday morning. Now, our, of our office wasn't run that strictly ordinarily. There'd be a little leeway there. But Henry never came in until about 10 o'clock. And uh, on Tuesday morning, oh, it was toward noon. And Ross says, get out, you're fired. And then that made me mad the way Ross did it. <laughs> I was feeling kind of tender toward Henry anyway, because I didn't know where he was going to get any money. Yeah, sure. He got $85. Is this all going on? Hmm? Sure, yeah. yeah. What a dog. Oh, it's a, I told you. We started, it's interesting. Keep going. So what was oh, the problem? Yeah. Is this the thing where Henry had some vacation coming, he thought? And that was a misunderstanding with this 4th of July? Henry thought he had some vacation, a half day or something? Is that why he was late, or was he just late? Well, I never knew. I never oh. knew. And then the thing was, we had a, uh, I lived down in an apartment building that had, uh, off of our floor, you went down six steps to a gravel roof mm -hmm. that was over the garage. It was a big place, beautiful place in the summertime to go out because it would be cool out there and you'd see the stars and no city lights, you know, bothering you. And so we went out there and we threw a blanket down on the, mm -hmm. on the pebbles. And we were talking about Ross. And here Ross came, came out the door and down the steps. He must have heard us, but he never said a word. <laughs> but I, uh, I was glad to see him go. But I didn't like, I didn't like the way it was done. Yeah. Did you have um, much contact with Henry after he got to Indiana University? No. Well, so just about the time you left uh, Ohio, a little, a little after. Yeah. So uh, did you, did you not see him very much then after that period? No. Uh -uh. No. He. Uh, hmm. He met Wanda Lee when he got to uh, Indiana. Mm. Oh, just just before, just before I think. Yeah. yeah. At the Panagraph. Yeah, and she took over. Yeah. She took over. <laughs> and I was out of it. And uh, that's not bitter. That's just a, just a fact. Uh -huh. And I was working so hard anyway that it didn't make any difference. I had to take indexes home on my vacation and do the indexes, get as many cards again. What We were paying a girl. We were paying a young man uh, $2 an hour to make these indexes. And uh, he would pay a typist. He'd go ahead and mark the words in the, on the page, the abstracts. The abstracts was the big index. And uh, <clears throat> she would type the cards. And I finally said to Ross, I can make an index much cheaper than that and it would be just as good as their index. And theirs isn't very good. And I don't have to struggle very hard to, to meet their standards. So he said, sure, go ahead and try it. And uh, I tried it and I liked it, but I had all the editing to do besides. Yeah. So I took on the index and the, they took three people. They got three people to do my job and I left. 
<laughs> when you when you started, you were an assistant editor. But when you you left, you were but you I know, never, an associate see, editor. See, I don't know where you could get a job and not know anything. I didn't know anything about an index, mm -hmm. and uh, I just knew the words. Mm -hmm. I knew the words. Mm -hmm. the, so yeah. Hmm. But uh, and see then the, the set up. When Henry, when Henry got a job, he still didn't offer to pay me anything, and this was my mistake. This isn't his fault. Did you ask him to? No. I say it's my fault. Mm. I should have asked him to pay something on his room and something on his meals, mm. and I didn't do it. And uh, so I can't blame anybody but myself for it. But I, uh, Henry kind of... Well, Henry's funny about money, I think. Anyway. Oh, I'll tell you a story about Henry, and this is typical. We were down in a, in a store in Bloomington. And Oscar Mantle was run by Jews. And a friend of mine was a buyer for the uh, women's wear there. Mm -hmm. She was not Jewish. Mm -hmm. Well, Oscar came up and uh, Oscar said to Henry, uh, I'd give him Henry a nickel. He was about uh, seven or eight years old. And uh, Oscar said, well, little boy, what do you got in your hand? And Henry touched it, you know, as if it were gold. And uh, he said, little boy, what do you got in your hand? And I said to Oscar, he won't show it to you. He's a regular Jew. <laughs> and Terry Lloyd told me that uh, he thought that was the funniest thing. He told that story again and again, that Henry was a regular little Jew. He is tight, though, with money. Oh, yeah. And my brother, uh, one Fourth of July, gave both boys 50 cents to go over to the store and buy fireworks. Mm -hmm. And uh, they came back, and we fired off the fireworks. And Henry said, uh, or my brother, Elmer, said, I guess we better get some more fireworks. So I gave the boys some more money. And Henry was keeping his money, and Paul was spending it. <laughs> and all we got was the, the money that Paul, that he'd given Paul. But Paul never said anything. I didn't find that out until later. <laughs> well, it sounds like Henry was quite a quite an aggressive character from very early on, uh, seems like, from everything yeah, I heard. Aggressive. Well, just, you know, he really had his own mind about everything, I guess. Well, he had his own mind, but he was timid in a way, too. Mm. He was, uh... How do you mean, though? Uh... I'll, well, I'll tell you. All I can do is to give you an example. Okay, sure. The uh, president of the American Ceramic Society was a Dr. John Hostetter. He, uh, for a while, he was director of research down at Carney. And, uh... Mrs. Hostetter was up in our office with him, and she was sitting on the edge of my desk, and she knocked over a file of cards. And Henry just stood there, and she picked them up. Mm -hmm. And while I was getting up, I finally helped. But I, there was something I couldn't blame. There was something about Henry. He, just to hang back, like kind of. It was like he was tongue-tied, you know, <laughs> physically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He couldn't bring himself to help, and I, uh, I was sort of ashamed, and still, I, I never said anything to him about it, and I'm glad I didn't, but... Uh, yeah, I, I can see what you mean, the quality there, yeah. sort of being almost a kind of, not, well, well, fear like, is too strong a word, but sort, sort of, of afraid. Sort of a somehow. handicap, you know, so something that he was, like he was paralyzed there, that he, he just couldn't move. Or ill at ease or something, huh? And I was glad that Ross, that Ross didn't see it, because Ross was a baldy mouth on it. Yeah. Did you see my little horses from Hong Kong? Uh, this is a rabbit here. 
Well, that, that little rabbit, that little <laughs> rabbit. I, you know, when I have something and I don't know where it came from, I say I think I stole it. Yeah, <laughs> made in China. Yeah. Now those, uh, Mimi sent those to her mother in Chicago, and uh, oh, these are Lincoln, Blinkin' and Nod. Uh -huh. They're going to send me some more. Mimi's going to send. They uh -huh. cost. Uh, they cost Mimi about twenty-five cents in Hong Kong, and they're a dollar and a quarter, the dollar and a half a piece in uh, uh -huh. New York City. <laughs> well, everything's twice as expensive in New York City, <laughs> or else half is cheap. <clears throat> if you know where to go. I don't know where I got the rabbit though. I think the rabbit, and I got this little dog someplace. This little, this little puppy. Did you steal this? A little puppy had <laughs> I don't know where I got it. And he had a broken leg, and uh, John McMahon fixed it. And you can't tell it was ever broken. Well, it's ceramics. You ought to be able to get it fixed in this town. You can't get it fixed anywhere. Oh, John McMahon, he's a, he's a great person. He was dean of the College of Ceramics, and uh, I worked with him. We yeah. never had but one, but one tussle with John. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to find places to eat here for special dinners and things. It's not as hard as it used to be. And uh, we want, we're going to have a meeting in the library committee mm -hmm. and uh, uh, a dinner meeting. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said to John, I don't know how to arrange a dinner meeting here. I said, what do you do? And he said, call somebody. <laughs> and I said, call. Just like that. And he said, you could have heard me out in Illinois. I just screamed at him, call. Where do you call? Who do you call? <laughs> he always tells that. He said if he ever writes his memoirs, he's going to tell about me screaming at him about where he'd call. But that's a fact. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of Dr. Frechette? No. Well, he's, uh, he's in the ceramic department. His father was uh, head of the... Maybe if we're uh, sort of done talking about Henry a little bit, I'll just turn this off. Well, let me... Here, just, uh, let you just 